Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. I'm Dallas Travers, and I'm here to help you build a coaching business that you are truly proud of. Today's episode is a quickie, and it's jam-packed with great tips to set you up for email marketing success. Now, if you ever thought email marketing was dead, think again, because my guest, Feli Day, she will teach you why email marketing is still the most powerful tool you have at your disposal. Plus, she's going to share some copywriting tips and strategies to ensure that those emails you pour your heart into actually get opened and get read. You know, I invited Feli to the show because, as I said earlier, I want you to build a coaching business that you're truly proud of, one that makes a difference in your life, and one that really helps other people in the world. That's the commitment of the show. And I can't think of a better expert to just break down some best practices of email marketing. So before we dive in, let me share a little bit about Feli with you. Feli started her business as a virtual assistant not long ago in 2019. She did it so that she could pursue her dreams of digital nomad life. And then by February 2020, her business had scaled into a full content agency. From there, she started mentoring and teaching on the side. So apart from being an email marketing genius, Feli is a gifted writer. She values connection and it really shows in her work. You can connect with her on Instagram over at FellyDayVA. And now, without further ado, let's talk about email marketing, shall we? What's up, Felly? <laughs> <Good job. laughs> I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for accepting our invitation. We are going to talk about email marketing which is so 2003, right? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sometimes I feel like I'm old-fashioned, but Uh it's still a thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's still a thing. So before we get into the nitty-gritty, can we just create some context for our listeners? Let's define email marketing so we're all starting at the same place. And then I want to talk about, I want you to step on your soapbox and tell me all about why it's so important. Yeah, totally. So I generally say that marketing is about the communication, conversation building, relationship building. So email marketing specifically is about communicating with your audience through email. Great. Yeah. And so for a lot of our listeners, you're likely using MailChimp or Drip or ActiveCampaign, an email marketing service, to send valuable content to your list of email subscribers. This is how we build trust and affinity and help people move further down the path of trusting you enough to invest in your offerings. Okay. So why email? It's 2022. Tell why. <laughs> Convince me. Convince me. Personally, I'm yeah. the type of person who loves to take a nap in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It helps that I live in a really hot place. So midday, I'm not leaving the house, that's for sure. But with email marketing, 
you have so much more control over your online presence than social media. I don't have to rely on my energy, my inspiration, my planning abilities. With email marketing, I can start the first of the month, plan out an entire month's worth of content and just let it do its thing. The same Mm -hmm. goes for when someone joins your list, you get to specifically send them content, your like nurture sequence, welcome sequence, depending how they joined, that will take them through your customer journey as you want to. Where on social media, someone might show up in the middle of your launch and not know what's going on, (laughs) you know, or yeah, they just see things at random on social media versus email marketing where you get to take them on your journey. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is with email marketing, we can curate a conscientious customer experience where on other platforms like Instagram, we are we have to rely a lot more on the algorithm or on luck or on our own ability to stay consistent. Exactly. I feel like the algorithm with email marketing works with us, <laughs> where yeah. a lot of social media platforms, we feel like they work against us. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Okay. So I wonder, can you think of any types of coaches or businesses that email marketing would not be effective for? No. Yeah. Right. Moving <laughs> <No>. on. <laughs> I think everybody can use email marketing and should. Yeah. I agree with you completely. And I just want all of our listeners to think about your marketing plan as coming from a lot of different angles so that you can really break through that rule of seven, right? Someone has to see your Mm -hmm. face or get your message more than seven times in order to absorb it. So email marketing is an essential piece of that puzzle, and it's just part of the bigger equation. But let's not forget, you and I are recording this at the end of October 2021, and it wasn't long ago that WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram, they were all down for a Mm -hmm. full day, I think, or close to it. But with email, you own your own list, which I think is a strong case to reinforce for people as well, because social media apps are going to come and go, but your list is something that you have control over. Yeah. And I've seen it time and time again that big coaches, big influencers lose their entire platform of tens of thousands of people. And if you lose your Instagram, it's really hard to refine your audience yeah. because chances are you weren't communicating with all of them at once. <laughs> and even if people start resharing your new account, it doesn't account for everyone. And it doesn't mean that everyone will follow you back. Where with your email list, you own that list, you have that list, you can download that list straight to your computer and virtually never lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Okay. So I want to hear your take on, and you've touched on this a little bit, but let's talk a little bit more about visibility and the, the difference with social and email marketing? In my opinion, visibility is huge. Most people average a 20 to 30% open rate, meaning the people that you're sending your emails to, 20% of them are opening that email and seeing that email from you. Whereas social media, it's closer to like 1% to 3% of people that are following you that see your content. So it's already (laughs) more than double. 10 times more. (laughs) 10 times more. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's 10 times more. So that's already a big bonus. Yeah. But yeah, like the the visibility and the connection I find through email is just stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think I just noticed in my own email marketing, I feel like I am 
more able to convey a real conversational connection mm-hmm. because there aren't the same limitations as with social. And yeah. there aren't the same distractions as with social. Oh, tell me more. Yes. <laughs> so like on Instagram, you can click through, if you're on a story, you can still click through to the profile, click through to reactions, swipe to the next story, mm-hmm. swipe back. You know, there's so many exit points. Same for when you're scrolling the feed, people generally aren't opening up to your page specifically and consuming your content where in an email, you've opened my email and you're only reading my email. There's no other pop-ups for other people's inside of my one piece of content. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I want to hear about like types of fun emails to send, but you touched on deliverability and this idea of like, if I'm reading your email, that's the thing that I'm doing. I'm not distracted. Like I might be on social. So let's talk deliverability. What tips do you have for our listeners to help them increase and improve their open rate? Because I'll be honest, I heard you say most people, their email open rate is 20 to 30%. On average, I was just looking this up because it's a goal for my team to get our email open rate higher. An average successful open rate is between 13 and 20%. So whatever it is you're doing, right, to be from 20 to 30%, we want to know. So what tips can you share to help our listeners increase the deliverability of their emails? Number one would be consistency. Mm -hmm. It's a huge pet peeve of mine when people only email during launches and it's the fastest way to get me to unsubscribe. I also do like list scrubbing every six months, depending on the size of your list, potentially every quarter. List scrubbing being removing the people who are not interacting with my list whatsoever. So most platforms will have the feature that you can go in and search like who has not opened a single email from me in X amount of days. And I'll send them two to three emails like, hey, let me know if you're still interested in receiving these emails from me. I want to make sure that my list is useful to you and only full of people who want to be hearing from me. I never want to spam you type of email. And if after those three emails, they still haven't opened any of them, they're gone. (laughs) Obviously, they can come back, but I will remove them myself. Mm -hmm. And that will help bump your numbers. And yeah, like being consistent, sending valuable information with your emails. Like don't just send an email every week like, hey, how are you? This is what I'm up to. I send an email called Thursday Tea every week and I give the tea. I I share a different tip based on what's going on, based on my like marketing pillars, and I educate my audience consistently. Yeah. Okay. So three things. Right. Of course. They look forward to Thursdays. Mm -hmm. So the third point you made was just sharing valuable content, Mm -hmm. right? So I just want to underscore that because I think it's easy when it comes to content creation to suddenly find yourself in the routine of, oh, it's Thursday. I guess I better crank something out. And then you're going through the motions and it's not going to land in the same way as really committing to valuable content. So I love that you made that point. Can we break down the process more concretely? I'd love to compare notes here a little bit (laughs) around list scrubbing. So what I heard you Mm -hmm. say was, depending on the size of your list, you may choose to do it twice a year. You may choose to do it quarterly. And then you send out three, let's call them like last chance emails Mm -hmm. for people to 
essentially resubscribe to the list. So that email has a link that I can click and then it tags me as like, do not remove or something. What is your, your process around that? So the email basically says by opening this, you are now staying. Great. And it has a button that says, if you don't want to stay, unsubscribe. Great. Like I okay. fully invite them to leave. Yeah, please. <laughs> yes. Please leave please if go. you're not interested. Yeah. Okay. So, and then what's your criteria? So you said every six months, what is the time frame for deletion? So by that, I mean, if someone hasn't opened an email in X number of days or X number of emails, what guideline do you follow? I've been doing 180 days, which okay. is six months. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. If they haven't opened since the last six months, then I'm like, okay, bye. And yeah. it's very possible that as people change their journey and as they grow, like maybe they were opening all my emails and then they outgrew me and just didn't unsubscribe, but have like maybe marked me as spam or just delete every email that comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Or archive them telling mm -hmm. themselves they'll get to them one day and they never do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I actually scrub my list every 90 days. Mm -hmm. And we do the same thing, which is if they haven't, we email twice a week. So if they haven't opened an email in the last 90 days, then we remove them. And I've actually gotten lazy. I've stopped giving people the chance to stay. <laughs> yeah. I just pull the list. Bye. See you later. You'll, we'll find each other again if we're meant to. But I think a lot of people get nervous because there's such an emphasis on list building and having a big list. And it's oh so important, especially if you want to sell courses. So what can you say to encourage our members to really buy into a strong list over a long list? Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust, or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because... Accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the Superpower Quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. I mean, we can approach it from a logistics space or from like an energetic space. And for me, like it's more energy. If if I have a list of a thousand people and only a hundred people are opening them, I'm giving 900 people my energy and mm -hmm. they don't want it. Like mm -hmm. I'm just draining myself and it's, it's hurting my numbers. It's hurting my space. <laughs> but also the more people that you have that don't interact with you, the more email marketing analytics see your content as not valuable in right. a way. It's similar to social media. Like if you have a list or a following of 20,000 people and every post you put out gets 50 likes, eventually the platform is going to be like, nobody's interested. Like 
don't push it or like put it in spam or, you know, and it lowers your, your visibility because it is possible to end up in people's spam folders, junk folders. Right. Okay. So what I hear you saying, and this is so important, let's pretend that you and I are both on Michelle's mailing list. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you love every word Michelle ever sends you. You're a super fan. You look forward to her Thursday emails. I am not that into it, Mm -mm. right? So by Michelle keeping me on the list, I don't engage with her emails. And what that tells Gmail or Yahoo or whatever email service provider is in charge of getting Michelle's email to me, it tells them that what Michelle has to say isn't that valuable. So now you're less likely to get Michelle's emails because her sender reputation has been damaged and she's going to end up in a spam or a junk folder. Did I get that right? Yeah. And it's, I think most impactful, maybe not for like me being the long time, long time fan, Yeah, (laughs) but for the new people coming onto the list, you're like going straight to spam and they never see your email. So then they'll never even get to the point of being able to become a fan. Right. Oh, that's so valuable. That's really, really valuable. I remember the first time I scrubbed my list, I think I had, I don't know, like 18,000 subscribers and I scrubbed it down to 10. It was almost mm. half. Yeah. And I was terrified. And then as soon as it was done, Belly, I felt like a badass and I was so liberated. And the most interesting thing about it was I had stopped getting my own emails So I'd send through my email service provider and in my Gmail account, it was going into spam. It was not going into my inbox. But after we scrubbed the list, guess whose email showed up right in my primary (laughs) inbox. So I really experienced the value of list scrubbing firsthand. So thank you for sharing that. You're hooked. (laughs) I know. Now I'm hooked. I'm like a little too ruthless about it, to be honest. (laughs) Not possible. Can we wrap up our conversation today? I want to hear you're such a good writer and you're really, I just feel like from reading some of the content you've put out, I really feel like I know you. So I would love some tips for our listeners about different fun types of emails to send. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, I love to have a short and sweet educational weekly newsletter, but I also I email probably two to three times a week and the other emails will be depending what's going on or if I, if I want to promote something, if I want to share something, if something's happening life-wise, you know, and I just like don't hold back in my writing. Yeah. And I do try to make it conversational, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm a big fan of making sure my PS is a call to action, like respond to me, message me on Instagram connect with me. The PS is one of the most read parts of the email. But yeah, I love to make it conversational and make it relatable. And I find outside of the automated emails, that's what's really worked with my audience and what has started to get people responding back to me saying like, I look forward to your emails. Right. Which is the whole point. It's not the same as social media that you post a story and everyone comments like email responses are less on social media, I find, but it's still, they're still opening it and reading it every day and clicking the links. Like that's what I care about more than them actually responding. Hi, I read this. (laughs) Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I was going to ask. So the three things I heard was take advantage of the PS because that's one of the most read 
parts of an email. You use mm-hmm. your PS to encourage engagement. So there's a call to mm-hmm. action there. You didn't say this explicitly, but I wrote down stick to a format. So you have your Thursday tea, which is where as a subscriber, I know that's where I'm going to learn something from you. So I have this pillar, this consistent pillar. And then depending on what's happening for you in the week, you might send me two other emails that are more connection or storytelling emails to help us form a deeper connection. Is that, did Mm -hmm. I get it all? Yes. Yes. Did I get it all? Yeah. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) You need to know everybody. Yeah. So how do you measure the success of an email? You talked about it a little bit, just looking at the open rate and click-through rate, but could you break that down for our listeners? I mean, I guess it would depend on the type of email I'm sending. I did send, like when I bring out a new lead magnet, I'll send it to my whole list and say, Mm -hmm. here's this new lead magnet. I made it. You're already on the list. I'm not going to make you like go through the landing page. (laughs) (laughs) Click if you're interested. And with the last one I sent, I did do a PS. I have a second thing. If you're interested, send me back the answer or the word content. Send me the word email marketing and I'll send you the link for that. And I don't usually get responses from my emails. I'm totally okay with it. Usually yeah. people are correcting my grammar. <laughs> but so like this one time I got so many responses and I was so affirmed that it is true. People are reading the PS. It is true that people are like actually paying attention to my emails. Whereas like with the Thursday tea, I always want to see the number of people opening go up. Mm -hmm. I want it to stay consistent and increase. So that's what I'm looking at for those ones. And for a sales email, I'm looking at clicks. Are people clicking it? Did they click the button? Did they click the link in text? Did they, you know, like it depends which type of email I'm sending on what I'm looking at to decide if it was successful. Yep. Got it. So when it comes to that Thursday tea, that pillar piece of content that you send out consistently, you want to maintain and improve your open rate. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like the PS, that's just sort of like more of a gut check, right? Like around, yeah. oh, wow, this really worked, right? That felt really mm-hmm. good. And then with sales emails, the most important thing that I think I understand here is, are people clicking through? So if they aren't clicking through on a sales email, what so I'm I'm just imagining one of our listeners has a low click-through rate on a sales email. What would be the first thing you would recommend that they look at and adjust in order to improve their click-through rate on a sales email? I would definitely say readability and the format, the layout of the email, because I recommend having a button at the top before the fold, you know, so people can click instantly based on the first line of this is what it is. I want it now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you continue talking about it and have another button or have another link in the text. Second thing I would look at is the copy or is this consistent with like the regular emails you send with your tone of voice? Is it speaking to your audience? Did you convey your message clearly? I love to have a a section at the end of my email that's kind of like a summary if it's a sales email. So you can give the, this is the transformation someone had. This is why you should have it. And then at the end, I'll be like, this is what you're buying. Like this is the structure of what you're buying. Click. Yep. Got it. So if I have a sales email that with a low click-through rate, the first thing to look at is the readability. Am I making people work too hard Mm -hmm. before they can click through? 
Can they um, find the link? Yeah. Right. Does the link, is there a link? Is there a link where, <laughs> did you forget the link? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and then once we've looked at the readability piece, it's really about understanding the message and is the message aligned with what people are, how I normally speak with people? Is it aligned with what my audience comes to me for? And then am I taking advantage? Kind of like that PS, right? At the very end, summarizing at the end to make it easy for people to yeah. take action. That's yeah. They don't helpful. want to read all of the pretty words. Just give them the facts. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's what I do. I scroll to the bottom of sales emails. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone who has it at the end of her newsletters, like TLDR, too long yeah. didn't read. Mm-hmm. And it'll just be a quick, like two sentence summary of like, this is what I said. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's really smart. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So my mission by bringing you on was to really help our listeners feel empowered to take their email marketing up a notch. And I just want to thank you because I feel like you completely knocked it out of the park with that. We talked about the importance of list scrubbing. We talked about just the reality check that no matter how shiny new (laughs) social media platforms are. Email marketing is the thing that we have more control over. I think you've convinced at least half of our listeners to scrub their lists for the first time ever. So thank you for that, Kelly. I hope so. (laughs) And I loved your tips around readability and just fun ways to send emails. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I hope people learn something new. Yeah, great. And so make sure everyone will include in the show notes, but make sure to follow Feli if you want to get on her Thursday tea email <laughs> list. Feli, where, what's the best place for people to go to connect with you? Probably Instagram. I have two accounts, either Feli Day or Feli Day VA for my agency, which is where I talk about email marketing. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Feli. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, review the show, do all the things, because that's the best way to not only show your support, but actually help other coaches find this podcast. You can also take this episode further by following me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and I deliver actionable and insightful lessons inside my IG stories, and they're actually inspired by each week's episode. So head on over to the gram right now to catch up on this week's lesson. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you back here next week. Bye.